0: Good morning, Grace. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 2. If you're visiting with us, you have to know this about us. We unashamedly love Jesus. We are all about Him. He is our passion. He is our treasure. He is our joy. He is our delight. And we want you to know Him the way that we know Him. There should be a Bible in the back of the pew in front of you if you did not bring yours Uh, Genesis chapter 2, it's the first book of the Bible, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, if you're perhaps visiting with us today. Let's look at uh, God's Word, but before we do that, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your Son, Jesus Christ. We're going to see today, Father, what the Apostle Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, 49, that says, we have borne the image of the man of dust. That's Adam, the first man. But those of us who believe in you, Father, have, will bear the image of the second man, Jesus Christ, the man from heaven. We thank you, God, that you love the world so much that you sent Jesus into this world to do what we could never do, to make us right with you. And I ask this morning, Father regenerate and make alive people this morning who have never trusted in you may people leave here today for the very first time saying jesus is my treasure and for those of us who already know you god enhance our affections may our taste buds be sweetened once again by the beauty of the gospel that you forgive us of our sins and adopt us into your family. And we will experience resurrection just like your son. Do that for your glory and for our joy, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to know how things got so messed up in the world. I want to know why everything and every one of us is broken. I want to know why I'm messed up. I want to know why you're messed up. I want to know why things die. I want to know why human beings die. I want to know who invited sin and death to this party. I mean, who sent the invitation to death that said, dear Mr. Death, please join us as we celebrate life. On earth? Who invited death to this life? I actually know the answers to those questions. You probably do too. The Bible tells us those answers, and that's what we're going to be looking at in God's Word today. It is Easter, it is Resurrection Sunday, and we should be asking ourselves those very questions because Jesus came and destroyed death. Jesus told death, you're uninvited. But death still remains at the party. It was uninvited by Jesus. Death was conquered by Jesus. But death still remains and is with us and is, as the Apostle Paul says, the last enemy to be destroyed. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. How in the world did death ever get invited to this party. Death got invited to this party because of one man, the very first human being that God made. His name was Adam. And because of his sin and his rebellion, death was invited to this party. But because of one other man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he came to fix what Adam caused. He came to destroy death. Here's our big idea today. The most perverted thing that can ever happen to you is to experience death. The most perverted and twisted and abnormal thing that can ever happen to any human being is to experience death. Death is the most perverted and twisted thing that can happen to a human being. To die is to experience the most perverted thing in this world. Why? Because when we die, death separates our spirits from our bodies. Death pulls and rips us apart. Human beings are made up of two parts, one part material, one part immaterial. Our body is the material, physical part, flesh and and bone and blood and tissues and muscles and tendons. Our immaterial part is our spirit, or if you like to use the word soul, but we are both. Human beings are made up of two parts, material and immaterial, body and body and spirit. That's what we see when God made the very first man, Adam. So look at God's word in Genesis chapter 2, and let's look at verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Notice that the first man, Adam, was not a fully living creature until both his physical body and his spirit were united as one. He became a truly living creature when those two parts that he is made up of, body and spirit, came together as one unified. Human beings are made up of two parts. The material, that's our body, and the immaterial, that's our spirit. We must hold to this view because this is the biblical view, as we have just read. But we must hold to this view because otherwise we'll say things like this at funerals. And we talked about this last week, but this is a recap. What happens when we attend funerals? It often goes something like this. Brother Bob is not with us today. He is not here. He has left his body and he is with Jesus. I'm sorry, but Brother Bob is right there in that casket. I can see him with my eyes. I can touch his hard body with my fingers. You're telling me that Brother Bob is not there in the casket? He is there. That body in the casket or the tomb, just like it was with Jesus, is Brother Bob. And Jesus believes that that body is Brother Bob. So much that when God the Father decides he is going to resurrect Brother Bob, he will raise Brother Bob's body one day just as Jesus was raised. What has happened to Brother Bob, or Sister Susie if you prefer, is that death has torn Brother Bob apart. When a Christian dies, yes, Part of him is with Jesus immediately when a Christian dies. Their spirit goes to be with Jesus, but their body remains here, remains in the ground. They're made up of two parts. Therefore, Brother Bob is not fully or completely saved until he is resurrected and comes out of the ground again. Brother Bob, Sister Susie, you, me, your loved one that has gone on to be with the Lord is not fully and completely saved until the final resurrection. I don't mean that you're not saved as a Christian if you've turned from your sins and trusted in Jesus. You are saved. You are saved from the wrath of God forever. God will never pour his wrath out upon you for your sins and your rebellion against him if you've trusted in Jesus. You are saved. That happens at regeneration. It happens at justification when God declares you righteous in his eyes because of Jesus. You are saved. But the Bible also says we are in the process of being saved. That's called sanctification. And the Bible also says that we will be finally and fully and completely saved on the day when Jesus returns and transforms our bodies. That's called glorification. Glorification. So we are not finally and fully and completely saved until we are resurrected. Therefore, our bodies are not merely an earth suit, as some Christians like to say. You know, your body is to be discarded, have nothing to do with it. That's pagan. That's gnosticism that's what the gnostics believed in the second century no god made you with all of your hair and your fingernails and your toes and your teeth and your tongues and your armpits and your shins and your big toes your body is not an earth suit your body is you salvation is very physical that's what we saw last week Salvation is very physical, and when God began the process of salvation with you, he wasn't just interested in the spiritual. He wasn't merely interested in saving your spirit or saving your soul. He was interested in saving your body as well. So in salvation, God says, let's get physical. That's what Paul says in Romans 8. What did Paul say? The redemption of our bodies. Not merely the salvation of your spirit or the salvation of your soul, but also the salvation of your body. In this hope, Paul says, we were saved. In the hope that God is going to save our bodies as well and redeem them. Salvation is not complete for the Christian until you are resurrected and standing on the new earth when God makes the earth new. It is not just about going to heaven when you die. It is not merely about going to heaven when you die. Heaven comes down to earth. The heavenly city comes down to the new earth. That's heaven. It is about the coming together of your spirit and your body Once again in resurrection, salvation is about the redemption of your spirit and the redemption of your body. Look at the creation account in Genesis. It is very physical. God reaches down into the dirt and he makes and fashions man. God rolls up his sleeves in Genesis two seven and gets his hands dirty. God gets dirt underneath his fingernails, if you will, as he makes Adam and as he makes Eve, Adam's wife, the first woman. Look with me at Genesis two verse eighteen. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every, every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So... So, God gets very physical as He creates Eve as well. God puts Adam to sleep, opens up his side, rips out a rib, closes it back up, and from that bloody rib, He fashions Eve, the first woman. And when Adam woke up, how did he react? to Eve, this woman who was standing before him. What did he say when he first saw her? He said, whoa, man, or woman. This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken, very physical, out of man. Adam was like, wow, look at that. And he wasn't talking about her spirit Adam was like, yowzers, Lord, look at that. And he was not talking about her inside, her spirit. He was talking about her body, her physical body. Bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh is what he says. Salvation and resurrection are very physical. And that's exactly what Jesus tells the disciples in John 20 after his resurrection. John 20 verse 27, Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. But believe in the physicality of the resurrection, Thomas. Jesus was saying to Thomas, touch me. Put your fingers in the holes in my hands. Stick your fingers inside the hole in my side. I'm human. I'm bone. I'm flesh. I am not a ghost. I am not a spirit. The resurrection of Jesus is a very physical resurrection. Why? Why is the resurrection of Jesus physical? Because Jesus is the second Adam, as Paul says in Romans 5. Jesus came to do. What Adam undid when Adam sinned in the garden. Jesus came to perfectly and completely obey God's commandments. Jesus was perfect. He was without sin. Jesus came to live the life that you and I could never live because we're sinners because of Adam. Jesus came to die the death that we all deserve because we too are sinners and rebels and enemies of a holy God. We deserve to die. But Jesus died for us. That's why resurrection is very physical. Resurrection restores and fixes what Adam broke when he sinned. That's why in John 27, it says that the burial clothes of Jesus were folded neatly. They weren't thrown into the corner, you know, in in a pile They were folded neatly. They weren't folded neatly because Jesus is OCD and he's like, I've got to fold it neatly and get it perfect. They were folded neatly because it was his first statement that I am bringing order out of the chaos that the first man, Adam, brought into this world. I am changing things. I am making things new. I am bringing order to the chaos and the destruction that the first man, Adam, brought into this world. So in Genesis 2-7, it says that Adam was made from the ground. Adam came out of the dust. To be a human being is to be out of the dust. To be a human being is to be someone who has come out of the ground. Therefore, the appropriate relationship between human beings and dirt is that we come out of it. The appropriate relationship between human beings like you and me with the ground, is that we come out of the ground. We come out of the ground, out of the dust, out of the dirt, to be, to be put over the earth and to rule and have dominion over the ground. That's God's design. That's what he was doing with Adam. You come out of the dirt as a human being to be placed above the earth to have dominion and rule over the ground. Humans come out of dust and rule over, over it. Out of the ground, to rule over the ground. That's what Adam was supposed to be doing when he sinned. He was supposed to come out of dust and rule and have dominion over all the earth. But Adam sinned and disobeyed God and death entered this world. Death got invited to the party when Adam sinned. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. And let's read the story about how that happened. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, And that it was a delight to the eyes. And that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit. And ate. And she also gave some to her husband. Who was with her. And he ate. And then the eyes of both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together. And made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound Of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. And then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, "The, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Death came into this world. Death was invited to this party when Adam and Eve sinned and broke God's commandments. Adam failed to do what God told him to do. But they did not die physically immediately. That came later. But in that moment, they died spiritually, and eventually... They died physically. And because Adam sinned, we are all born spiritually dead. And we will all die physically. Adam put us human beings out of relationship with God and out of relationship with God the ground. Through Adam's sin, death was invited to this party on planet earth and death affects every single one of us. Death sucks. Why? Why does death suck? Death sucks and we should hate death because what happens in death? In death, you go back down into the dirt and you aren't living in a proper relationship with the dirt. Here are the condemning words after Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis three nineteen. You will return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But we were made as human beings to rule over the earth. Adam was made to rule over the earth. We... We're made to rule over the earth, but death comes along and puts us back down into the ground out of relationship with the ground. Death comes along and puts us back down where we don't belong. Death puts us back into the ground. And that's why the most perverted thing that can ever happen to you is to experience death why is death the most perverted and twisted thing that can happen to a human being because death puts you back into the ground out of relationship With the ground. Death takes you from a position of having dominion and ruling over the earth to a position of having the ground rule over you. But we weren't made as human beings to be under the ground. We were made to come out of the dust, out of the dirt, and to rule over it. So the million-dollar question is, how do we get restored to a proper relationship of ruling over the earth the way we were designed? And the answer is resurrection. We get restored to a proper relationship of ruling over the earth by trusting in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In the resurrection, we will be brought out of the dirt, out of the dust, out of the ground again, and we will be restored to a proper relationship with the dirt. We will rule and reign with Christ on the new earth. Understand this, Grace. Resurrection is simply Genesis 2-7 all over again. Resurrection is what happened to Adam in Genesis 2-7, happens to you and happens to me. Resurrection is Genesis 2-7 all over again. So when we die, we are dead, we are out of relationship with the earth because we are in the earth. Proverbial brother Bob that we've been talking about who has died, his body is here. And his spirit is with Jesus in total bliss and joy and happiness. He is free from pain and suffering and agony and sorrow. But Brother Bob is disenfranchised. He is not yet complete. Yes, Brother Bob is loving being with Jesus. He would say, yes, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He loves that. But Brother Bob is not ultimately content. Brother Bob is waiting. And yearning, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. Brother Bob is waiting for the day when his body will come out of the dust again, the way it was supposed to be before the fall, before Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. Brother Bob is waiting for his spirit and his body to come together again in the resurrection. That's the Christian gospel. This is good news. Don't, don't, don't confuse the Gnostic gospel with the Christian gospel. The Gnostics of the second century were only concerned about going to heaven when they died, they didn't care anything about the physical body. Just get out of the body and just go to heaven when you die. Christians believe that heaven is physical, Christians believe in the resurrection. Christians believe that God is going to make the earth new. He's going to raise his people up out of the dust and make them new again. Christians cling to the resurrection. Don't leave the resurrection out of your gospel presentations or it will not be good news. Christianity is not about your spirit leaving your body when you die and then it's over. Christianity is not you dying, your spirit goes to Jesus, and you never see your body again. Christianity is about experiencing resurrection and living eternally on the new earth in a new, glorified, resurrected, physical body. And the only way for that to come about is for the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come to the earth and take on human flesh and to live the way that Adam was supposed to live in perfect obedience. Adam failed. Jesus was perfectly obedient without sin. The only way for that to happen for you is for Jesus to pay the penalty for your sins, to bring you back to God. The only way for that to happen to you, to me, is for Jesus to be put into the ground and then to come out of the ground, out of the grave. Jesus came to live the life that we could never live because we are sinners and rebels. Jesus came to die the death that we all deserve because we are sinners and rebels. And so Jesus experienced death this same separation of spirit and body that we will all experience one day. Jesus experienced the most perverted thing that a human being can face. He had his soul, he had his spirit ripped out of his body. He experienced the perversion of death for us. Jesus died and his body was in the grave for three days While his spirit was with the Father in heaven. Death separated Jesus' spirit from his body. And death will separate our spirits from our bodies when we die. Death separates. That's why the most perverted thing that can ever happen to you is to experience death. Death separates it. It tears you apart. It rips you apart. Like like a piece of paper ripping into death comes along and does this to you. That is why death is the most perverted thing that you can ever experience. Death is the most twisted, most perverted, most warped, most distorted, most corrupt, and most abnormal thing that can ever happen to you. Why? Because death tears you apart. It rips you apart. It puts your spirit, immaterial part, over here and your body, material part, over here. And you weren't made to be chopped up like that. You were made to be part material, part material. Immaterial. You were made to be part body and part spirit, and those two parts united together. But death comes along because of Adam's sin, and death says, Adam invited me to this party. The first human being invited me to this party. And because of him and his sin and rebellion, I am going to do something to you that is so perverted and so twisted and so warped and so distorted and so abnormal. I am going to rip you apart. I am going to pull you apart and put your spirit over here and your body over here. I'm going to rip you apart. How do you like them apples? Easter, Resurrection Sunday is vastly important because every single day we are just one step closer to this ripping apart. We are one step closer to experiencing the most perverted and twisted thing that any human being can ever experience. But some Christians won't experience this. That's why I said that death is the most perverted thing that can happen to you. Some Christians will be alive when Jesus returns, and they will experience glorification in an instant. They will not experience this being ripped apart. But the majority of human beings get ripped in two at death. The majority of human beings experience the perversion of death. But the hope of Christianity is that believers in Jesus will be resurrected and spirit and body will come together the way God designed it to be in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve sinned. God took us out of dirt. God took us out of the ground and death comes along and puts us right back in it where we don't belong. But when Jesus returns God will take us out of dirt never to experience the perversion of death again. Salvation is Genesis 2-7 all over again. And on that day when Christians experience resurrection we will finally know what it means to be human. Right now We don't know what it means to be fully human, but we will on that day. We have no clue what it really means to be a human being. We have no idea what authentic humanity is like. We have only experienced fallen, dead humanity. We don't know what life was like before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. We only know humanity post-fall, post-sin of Adam and Eve but one day christians will know what it is like to be truly human the way god designed it to be but until then we will experience death the most perverted thing that can ever happen to you is to experience death the most perverted thing that can happen to you is to be ripped apart at death. The most twisted and perverted thing that can happen to you is to have your body and your spirit torn apart and separated from each other. But the hope of the gospel is that because Jesus experienced the perversion of death for us and was raised from the dead, we too can be raised to new life one day. Jesus is alive so Christians can confidently say that one day too we will be made alive and we will truly know what it means to be a human being but until then death comes along and says Adam invited me to this party I am going to do something to you that is so perverted so twisted so warped so distorted and so abnormal I am going to rip your spirit apart from your body how do you like them apples But in the gospel, Jesus comes along and rubs hope into the face of death. Jesus grabs death by the neck, takes the hope of his resurrection, gets right into the face of death, rubs the hope of his resurrection into the face of death, and Jesus says to death, I am going to undo the perversion that you have caused because of Adam's sin. I am going to fix what is broken death. How do you like them apples? The most perverted thing that can ever happen to you is to experience death. But every human being will be resurrected one day. One day, every human being's spirit and body will come together again. Those who trust in Jesus and come with the empty hands of faith will experience the resurrection. That Jesus' empty tomb provides. How do you get that? You admit that you're a sinner. You admit that you're a rebel. You've broken God's commandments. Just like Adam. And then you turn from that. You repent. And you come with the empty hands of faith. And you will experience resurrection one day. Just like Jesus. As he came out of the empty tomb. You bring the empty hands of faith. He brings the empty tomb. But if you don't trust in Jesus, you are not a Christian. He is not your treasure in this life. Then you will be resurrected one day. Your spirit and your body will come back together one day. Your spirit and your body will be reunited. Not to live with God forever on the new earth. But to experience eternity in hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever Every part of your body will hurt for eternity. Every tooth will be a toothache. Every muscle will ache. Migraines will abound. Stomach aches will abound. You fill in the blank on all the pain that humans experience in this life. You magnify that by 10 million times, and then you're just beginning to scratch the surface of what eternity in hell is like in a resurrected physical body. Hell is death forever and ever and ever. Hell is perversion forever. The most perverted thing that you can ever experience is experience death. Let Jesus change all of that today. Come to the empty tomb today with the empty hands of faith and believe. Jesus is alive. That's what the empty tomb is screaming at us. Jesus has conquered death. Jesus experienced the perversion of death for us. He was ripped in two at death. He he bore our sins. God poured his wrath out upon him. He went to the cross for us. Jesus went to the grave for us. And God raised him from the dead. in one day... For those who believe in him, God will raise from the dead and they will have a body like Jesus forever. But for those who don't trust in him, God will raise them from the dead to experience hell forever in a physical body. Death comes along and says, Adam invited me to this party. Now watch me do something so perverted to you, human being. But Jesus comes along and he rubs hope in the face of death. Jesus comes along. And he grabs death by the neck. And he takes the hope of his resurrection. And he rubs it into the face of death. And he tells death, I am going to undo the perversion that you have caused because of the sin of Adam. I am going to fix what is broken. Death, how do you like them apples? The resurrection should cause our hearts to sing because Jesus has paid it all. Will you believe today? Will you sing to your treasure and say, Jesus, you paid it all. You washed my sins away. It's there. Come to the empty tomb with the empty hands of faith today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that he experienced the perversion of death for us. Thank you that though we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will bear the image of the man from heaven, your son, Jesus Christ. Would you regenerate people right now, God? Grant them repentance that they may turn to you and believe. And for those of us who believe in you, may the gospel, may resurrection be sweeter to our taste buds this morning, God, than we ever thought possible that you have saved us from the grave.